Bigger than Capes. Give me some outsiders. Hello, welcome to Bigger Than Capes. I'm Zach. This is our November roundup, and I'm joined by Angela, Matt, and Will. Somehow we all managed. Yeah, somehow we all managed to get on this call despite technological setbacks. Some sort of computer yeah. demon blocking our way. We still we managed. We it. we love you all so much that we managed to get through it through thin um, and thin. We've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It never normally seems like such hard work, but I, I'm glad it has today. <laughs> really. Yeah. Makes you appreciate it's, the easy times. It's been a team building exercise. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst what team we're building. Kind. Not a trust yeah. fall in sight. No. Um the only other thing I can think of that I hate from team building is those like creeping death things where you have to go around and say who you are and I don't know, oh, okay. the first album you bought or oh yeah whatever yeah, like team building exercise. Cute little intro mm. yeah, yeah. yeah i i sometimes enjoy those because i get to tell people um about like larp and stuff but like you know sometimes like, they ask non-larp related questions <laughs> one of the various hobbies i picked up um, recently, LARPing or telling people about LARPing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, those are my two hobbies. <laughs> I mean, for everyone I've met who does LARP, that does seem true. It's very, very true. You will not ever meet a LARPer who does not, just a role player in general, who does not like spend most of their time not LARPing, thinking about LARPing, preparing for LARPing, or telling you about LARPing. It's all LARP all the time. That's yeah. I I I broke out of that some time ago, but I but old habits. I mean, I'm not saying it's got a cultish vibe, but everyone I know who does LARP, bar you, actually, ten, yeah, yeah, tends yeah. to start things with the like. I know you should come sometime. You know, I've I've got space in the tent. It's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll loan you some stuff for the first one. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. you think I'm sleeping outside? This is. Yeah, Miss uh, Red, no, I am. I don't think you're sleeping outside. We think you're sleeping in a tent. That's inside. <laughs> it's inside unless the outside, though, and that's unless it's yeah. got gas. Gas oh, based inside heat. the outside sounds like a Jamiroquai or like Red Hot Chili Peppers album. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really does. I don't, no, yeah. don't know if I'm happy with coining that term. Um, still, I trademark it before it. one of the Chili Peppers. I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, as this is our roundup, should we dive into? Yes, please, for the love of God. <laughs> rounding up, <laughs> enthusiastic there, Angela. <laughs> and the edit will not reveal why. No, <laughs> <laughs> we've not even said we... who knows what this audio is at the end of the day. And we'll, I will go to my grave. This might be some of the most traumatic podcast recording we've ever done. <laughs> It is. I don't know. I I don't know, Zach. I did make you watch Mr. St. Nick. (laughs) Moving on. Um, (laughs) And and we're almost at Christmas again, so time for for us to revisit that. 
For our one one episode a year, Mr. St. Nick podcast. Bigger than Nick. Nicker than Kate's. (laughs) Nicker than Kate's. I know I'd go I'd avoid that. (laughs) So the first book we're talking about this month, the the month of (laughs) November. In 100 years, yes. Although, <laughs> although this will be coming out in December, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, is Nature's Labyrinth number one from Mad Cave Studios? Mm-hmm. Um, the writer is Zach Thompson. The artist is Bailey Underwood. The colorist is Warnia Sahadawa. Oh, yeah. That sounds good to me. Uh, letterer is Russ Wooten. Cover artist is Philia Brasukin. Cover colorist is Jason Wordy. Editor is Chris Fernandez. Proofreader is Chas Pangburn. <laughs> Book designer is Miguel A. Zapata. And this is in the wealth of stories that are kind of a little bit Battle Royale, Hunger Games, Condemned esque. Um, no implied need to murder yeah. each other this time. Not in the first issue, yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, which a is, that's a nice little twist. Uh, basically, yeah, it, it, it's got more of a prisoner's dilemma sort of thing to it that I feel like will get ex- explored as it goes along. Yeah. Um, I think it'll come up in later issues a lot more than it has in this one. Um, this first issue kind of introduces us to the eight main characters who are involved, who have all been given, I assume they've been given code names and they haven't chosen these themselves. So they're the flame, the silence, the sword, the terror, the shield, the kiss, the dose, and the law. Yeah, they're all um, bosses from Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to decide how many of these names had been used somewhere else, because the silence was Doctor Who, the terror was the tick, the shield is an mm. Archie superhero. There's got to be a flame somewhere. Mm, surely. I like to think so. Um, and then then there's the boss, uh, the, the, um, the Fury. Boss. Liquid boss. Um, yep, Psycho, Psycho Mantis. Psycho Boss. Mantis. Solid Boss. Worried about you, too. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Um, but rather than this being like a s- traditional battle royale, fight to the death, here's some weapons, they are in uh, a-, a labyrinth that mm. seemingly is being controlled by a lady called Dorothy. And a mysterious man called, a, called Ahab. Or, or not man, I don't know. Mysterious person called Ahab. <laughs> uh, the real takeaway here is that, um, well, there's a hologram cat called Pancho who gives them instructions. And isn't that the most important thing in this book? Yes. Yeah. It's always a hook for me if you've got yourself a little a little cute animal character. And he's a say, cowboy. Yeah. Just, just a, a little guy. Yeah. Um, absolutely adorable, and you know, just just sort of placates the horrible, visceral murder that, uh, that also goes on in this book. Yes, yeah. that was. Oh, this is going to sound bad. That's one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite details. Is that the like murder backpacks that they've been loaded up with um, don't explode? It's a novelty no. that they don't just blow people up because that's that's always the way. 
Um, this is way worse in many ways. <laughs> yeah, more painful in some respects. Yeah, they it cuts you into five pieces, seemingly. But which five? Who <laughs> no, gets four, each piece? Four, sorry, because it doesn't split the legs. Mm, I think that's a good piece to get. <laughs> Just saying. Um, I agree with you, Zach, and I think it's good that it um, avoids some of the sort of basic tropes, and that the the island is is it an island? This yeah. this lab this labyrinth on this island, they're kind of against that rather than each other at this point. And I get yes. the feeling that at some point they'll be against each other. But it's kind of nice to get this starting point where they're sort of a team and mm. the people running mm. this thing are genuinely sadistic. Um, there doesn't seem to be any other purpose than the game itself. Unlike, you know, sort of Hunger Games and Battle Royale tend to try and explain yeah. themselves away as being social ways of culling population and all that stuff this just seems to be that they've been offered loads of money um to come and sort of play this game yeah which is yeah. like i say which is like um my favorite example of that as i've sort of said a few times um is uh is kaiji um mm. the ultimate survivor um which is just a manga then anime um of a guy just being put in increasingly weird games um and survival situations and having to figure out ways to either like cheat or to make the rules kind of work and just keep surviving it's like a number of uh bits from um from squid game were almost like directly lifted um from kaiji um and like it yeah, it, so I, I'm always a sucker for a death game that's like actually interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and this could be. And like I say, it starts off well. It sets its stakes. Um, it's trying to kind of give like there's there's a mystery as to what everyone's deal kind of is. Yeah. Um, like we're not just you know like they they've been selected for specific reasons not just like being in debt or or anything like that like that mm. they they seem to all be partic- like to be interesting people in some regard <laughs> um, they also seem capable of uh capable of violence and their their cool names probably speak to some mm. of how how they do what they do Yes. Um, some creepier than others. Sophia Ricci, the, the silence. Um, yeah. Truly the creepiest of all. Truly the creepiest yes, of all. Yes, indeed. Yeah, and there's, um, it's really weird, though, because one of them, if you leave the comic running for 100 hours, um, they're, like, they die, um, and you don't have to fight them. Um, it's, it's like, truly, they, they, they were getting experimental. Um, when they made this comic, truly niche. Don't you just hate hey. that sometimes? <laughs> Look, MGS three is like made. What is is in my top five video games? Any excuse to talk about it? Even on an unrelated topic. 
Hey, hey, loosely related. They all have code names, and there's a person in a ghillie suit with a sniper rifle with um a with like um a pseudonym. Seemingly, I doubt he's called his. Well, I doubt they're called Ahab. Actually, so look, his parents may have been big fans of Moby Dick. You just don't know. See, true. They could have. They could have. I think ultimately, like although it does go a trace around some kind of well-worn tropes of, like you say, the death game. Mm. I think it does enough with both its um, sort of literal mechanics of the this island being against them and shifting and moving and them having some control over that. Yeah. And also yeah. like the characters and why they're there is mm. sort of different enough from, from similar media that I think it's just sort of broadly does enough to make that whole concept interesting. And I agree with you, Matt, that generally it's a concept I'm kind of into. So yeah, all in all, I thought this was, I thought this was pretty decent. Yeah. And I like the variety of like, body shapes and musculatures and stuff like that um like the um main character like jane has like what you know like what would be considered like a a sort of unconventionally sort of like she uh, like an an unconventional like body uh type like you know um musculature uh, and stuff that's like cool and set and and like you the, you can look at the characters' silhouettes roughly and know and know who you're like know who you're looking at. They have enough um, difference between them all. Yeah, it's, it's pretty diverse cast of characters. It's it's nice to have a bit of diversity, and they're not all white people running around. Mm. Indeed, yeah. they're not all cis white people. More to the point, yeah. um, you've like got. Small. You've got enough, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it's forced diversity to use one of those phrases that people on the internet like to get angry about. No, it it's, ju- it's just like these are the characters, yeah. It's, deal. it's very casually done, isn't it? It's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, which I think it's works. Just the way to do it, yeah. It's here's their name, here's their pronouns. I'd yeah. like to ask you a very serious question the little, the little captain character, creepy as hell. Mm. Does he have two tiny teeth? Yes. Or, or are they eyes and his entire head is a mask? I couldn't work it yeah, out. Yeah, I couldn't decide. No, I couldn't. I wasn't sure if he was just like some sort of marionette or something. Yeah, I like his design. It's I went for creepy version of a house elf. <laughs> yeah. I like you that say that just... as if regular house elves aren't incredibly creepy. That's true. I know, but imagine taking a creepy thing, but making it more creepy. By dressing it like a ship captain. <laughs> exactly. Look, <laughs> so you put uh, a hat on, on a house elf, yeah, we're already asking for trouble. If, if I think if you say hat on a hell, house elf in an exasperated enough way, right. it does sound like one of those things people use in place of swearing. Hat it on a house sound, elf. Yeah, it, it sounds like you may as well just be saying shit on a shingle. Yeah. Well, that's how I'm going to go with it now, avoiding the swear jar. Hat on a house elf. Oh, hat on a house <laughs> But in conclusion, it's, it's, it's an alright comic, isn't it? I especially like the fact, I have to feel for the artist who had to draw a labyrinth. And yes. I really like, Jesus, how long did that take? Yeah, and did they have to use a? Did they have to use a ruler? There's, there's good detail, I think, 
Um, I thought overall art-wise was quite manga-inspired, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. agree with that. Um, definitely with more yeah. detail put into backgrounds in general. I think a lot of stuff that would be simplified wasn't. Um, like drawing a massive labyrinth. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, literally, we didn't have to see it in that much detail. I'm glad we did, but you could yeah. have fudged it. But yeah, we, also, we also get that kind of manga thing that I feel like... You could recognize all these characters if you like chibi them up and reduce the detail. Like when we get them really small in the labyrinth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know exactly who's where. Yeah. Made me realize just how much everyone's kind of been assigned like a loose color scheme. Like Power yeah. Rangers. Yes. Yes. Uh, thanks for ruining the twist, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Whoever man. survives gets to be a Power Ranger. There have yeah. been so many books in the last couple of years that at the end are like, it's like Power Rangers. I could totally believe that this ends with Power Rangers. That's what's at the heart of the labyrinth. <laughs> it's morphin time. Yeah, it's not money at all. Yeah, no, Zordon's just there in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> just hanging out, chilling. Eating a whole roast chicken to himself. Yeah, Zordon. it's just like... It's a scene I, I never need- get. Yeah, it's like I, I, I need like uh, five teenagers with attitude. I need, uh, <laughs> it needs to be a can-do attitude. So they have to work their way through this labyrinth first. <laughs> I normally, um, it's normally not a huge sort of comment for me either way. But I think the covers of uh, Nature's Labyrinth one and the little sneak peek cover you get of two are mm. super cool. I really like that. Very good. Like very high detail. I feel like the reason they've got a different cover artist is probably because it took as much time to draw the covers as it has to draw. It's probably yeah. six yeah. issues of interiors, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. No, I appreciate why that isn't the interior, but... Yes. I mean, um, don't get me wrong, that it'd be pretty sweet if it was all, like, crazy detailed... Yeah. Yeah. Kind of to little, judge a book by its cover. interiors, but... But, yeah, it's probably got a much... Uh, quicker release schedule than that would have been for. Uh, most probably. <laughs> um, should we move on to our next next book? Absolutely. Well, the next one mm. is my responsibility. Door to Door, Night by Night, number one from Vault Comics. It's written by Cullen Bunn. It is arted by Sally Cantorino. Uh, it is coloured by Dean C- D. Cunliffe. Sorry, D. Lettered by And World Design. Um, and it is the story initially of Max, who is hitchhiking and is picked up by a group of roving door to door salespeople who are made up of um, sort of quite broken, washed up uh, at the end of their tether people. And uh, Max seems to also be in a similar emotional place and joins up with the door to door salespeople. But it quickly transpires that this appears to be a cover as Max is a hunter of monsters and demons. And uh, the her sales crew with Harrison Mills photography sales team get pulled into a fight with Lamash 2, the demon and killer of children. And uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm happy with that. Um, I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think the its main selling point is the like Motley Crue cast of characters, 
that all have their own sort of problems and weirdnesses and little quirks, uh, particularly Max, who uh, you find out has suffered a major tragedy uh, prior to the start of the, the story. But all of them are like really sympathetic characters, even the ones that are quite sort of occasionally cruel to each other because they all come from, you know, this sort of this broken life. Um, and then you just put all that on top to like demon hunting and uh, this mad little group of people, I assume in later issues, just chasing after different monsters. I'm pretty on board for it. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Um, I thought this was quite a good first issue. Um, My only real complaint was that kind of the ending felt like it didn't really give much to follow up on. It felt very wrapped up. Yeah, I felt like that. Like, it it did feel like you could just call that a one and done in a weird way. Mm -hmm. It'd be a weird one and done, don't get me wrong. But you could, if it was cancelled tomorrow and they didn't publish any more. It'd still be a fairly sad. I could see it being like um, almost like a future shock in 2008. You know, uh, maybe yeah. a story told over a couple yeah. of issues. But um, yeah, feasibly. I think it's just been made an ongoing. I think I read that, that Vault have, have promoted it to an ongoing. Okay. Uh, so it's obviously done enough in sales and whatever to warrant more storytelling. I think um, initially, if it starts off as a kind of freak of the week story with just these kind of characters' backgrounds developing and their relationship with each other's developing, at least for a short while, would be interesting enough. I guess you'd want a, yeah. a kind of over, overall yeah. focus eventually. But for sort of five or six issues, I think I could, I think I'd enjoy yeah. that. Like, it reminds me a lot of. Um, something is killing the children but mm-hmm. i'd quite like it if it takes the approach if, if it kind of takes the approach of actually sticking with a setting for a little while um like and has like a slightly longer um arc with this cast with this cast of characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the 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 kind the, the the just kind of like downtrodden, um, like working like working class, um, like these these salespeople just traveling around trying to kind of make some money and also occasionally killing monsters and such, mm. um, like the the blue collar monster killing kind of thing is a thing i again i quite like as a as a gimmick and is a thing that's really fun about some like uh some role-playing games that i've done in the past it's like really neat to just be like regular like see regular people coming across this sort of thing and jumping and like have been forced to jump into it and not and then not being able to look away i'm a bit of a sucker for like the regular joe gets sucked into things things above yeah yeah, above their ken but then just sort of 
just I yeah, like muscle, get on with it. Cast of it. I like having the bigger cast of it and the and the community sense of it, like people who are stuck together through this thing. I agree. I think that cast is important mm. to the the success of this book. And although I'm sure one or two of them are probably being set up to uh, to to break your heart. Um, I, I, <laughs> I think having that central cast is is what makes this different. I, I liked Sally Cantorino's art in general throughout the book, particularly like I think she got a lot of expression in quite simple cartooning. But I've got to say, like the monster design wasn't super inspiring to me. I was more I was more into the personal stories in the kind of background of this yeah. fan- fantasy horror than the actual sort of horror element of it itself. Um, it, it does feel almost like, because you don't even get to sort of the horror bit until quite a way in when Max goes off on her own to, you know, go kill a werewolf with a scorpion's tail and raven's <laughs> wings. Um, and up until that, it could just almost be like a slice of life comic about a bunch of downtrodden people trying to raise money for the fire department and also make some quick books. Um mm. So I was on board there. I don't know when it went completely. Here's a giant monster. It did lose me a little bit, not massively, but just a little bit. And then the fact that I don't know if Max is going to stay around. It's almost like she's dropped in. She's like, yeah, there's monsters. Bye. And then she's, she's not on the cover. She's not on the, you know, next issue picture. It's the others who are there. There's no sign. Maybe she'll come back. Hopefully she will. Yeah, surely enough's been seeded about her. There's, there's more about you've got to answer it. But it is more about the characters than for me than yeah. you know we go and hunt monsters. One Absolutely. thing that did annoy me is just the the onomatopoeia when they're knocking on the door at the end and it's knock knock, but it's like K. Yeah, and there's the odd bit as well when she's when it's like. The monster noises are very, I don't know, grrr. I mean, what, I don't know. That disappointed me slightly. Um, and World Design usually does better at these sorts of things. And also the knife, floop, floop. I don't know. That just didn't, it didn't, that was my only thing to say. And also the musical notes annoyed the hell out of me. But that's just by the by. Other than that, the art is very good. I can see your point of view. And the characters look like people. If I know that sounds daft, but you know they it reflects the sort of people they are, the character designs, and yeah, yeah it works well. And there's some nice little details as well, like when the you know the mailbox, the the posters of the missing children, the glimpses you get when they open the door, like at the very end, the woman who opens the door, you can see her car keys hanging on a hook. There's lots of little nice little bits of detail um but yeah it i always have a little squick for child murder i've never been able to get over it um no matter what it is particularly when you see the poster of like the five-year-old girl you're like yeah that's her skull on the floor over there did make me go a little bit Mm. Mm. other than that that's my personal squick that's fair those are my thoughts one would assume it's not always going to be sort of children week in, week out, but um, I know I, I, I dig that. Um, yeah, in general, I agree. I think this was just sort of a successful story. My 
interest was more in the in the character pieces. Um, so I'm, I'm more than happy for there to be more like genre horror stuff going on. But I think if this character continues to kind of nail, uh, if this character, if this comic continues to nail its character moments and kind of develop those, then I think that'll be that'll be enough to keep my interest for sure. Yeah, I'm just as likely to stick with this for as much as I say. Like I like the the blue collar kind of monster hunter stuff. Like that's because of the cat. That is a very like character thing. And like I say, it's about the community of characters. It's about like the fact that like people of people finding purpose and solace with each other and stuff. And for that, you need like the character writing needs to be on point. Um, and yeah, I'd agree with, with what you said about the the monster design. It's like it is very basic. It's got some occasionally good ideas in there, like the weird armpits. Um, and stuff like that, but it it never it it never quite gets to the place that like the the char- like the the sort of regular human character designs are, mm-hmm. um, and and it's it it made me a little sad. Yeah. I'm sort of I'm, I'm content with it being a kind of backdrop, but I guess that depends on how the story balances. Now, particularly now, it's an ongoing. Like I think if they lean more into the horror monster killing bit and use that as a reason to pull away from the character stuff, then that'd be bad. I I do wonder with this if it's going to be an ongoing series, just how. Nothing at Vault is ongoing. I think that's... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, that is very true. So the idea... I mean, okay, sure, we've had a few, what, three volumes of Shadow Service now, three volumes of Money Shot and Wasted Space and things like that, sure. But I, I do kind of question, out of all the Supernatural books Vault are putting out, which... On and off is a lot. I don't know what mm. makes this any more special than some of the others that only get one trade. I think I don't think it's a bad issue. I just question is this really that much better than stuff that's only got one volume or mm. I don't know. Yeah. Remained a mini. Mm. I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I think it could go either way, but um it's kind of done enough to trigger a bit of interest for me. Uh, just, I just, yeah, I would just want to see that the character bits really like get that right. And I can yeah. forgive, I can forgive quite a lot of sins in the sort of other part. Like a lot of horror becomes a bit generic for me, unfortunately. Um, so it's those little character beats or, or relate, relating it to something kind of true to life, which mm. makes it more, more compelling for me. And yeah, this just idea of kind of washed up folk, come together to try and make ends meet is 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 compelling. Yeah, fair. I guess we'll find out. I guess mm. we will. So our third book Pronunciation Help Welcome. Voyages. Voy- Voyages. I was going with Voyages. Um created by here we go. Sume Keskin, 
Sume Keskin. Sume Keskin. There you go. Seems normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sume Keskin, um, who has done all the things, I assume. Um, the editor is Shanna Matchuzak. Um, there is a whole host of people with special thanks. Eric Stevenson, Drew Gill, Brian Skelly, James Onder, Melissa Gifford, uh, Oiton Idil, Vale Oculan, and Kel Simons. No idea what they did, but thank you to them. Um, so, <laughs> basically, um, Voyages 1, somewhere in the void, um, there has been some sort of cataclysmical galactic collision event, which has left many places lifeless. Uh, which is a problem um, because there's very little plant life um, and that's important shortly. So we ha- we meet Sen, who is a scavenger of sorts, um, who works with Zach with two Ks. There we go. No one needs um, this. Well, the spells are available. Yeah. And they're knocking around this dead world eating cockroaches and, you know, pondering why they haven't been caught yet, um, when they get caught by some roboty type things, but technology, roboty type things, technology and plants kind of intertwine. So their ship has plants on board and, you know, you have to keep it fed and watered. You have to look after your plants. They also have, I don't know if it's a pet, a security guard or both, called Gorn, not like the Gorn. This is Gorn, um, who is basically, it's got a lot of tentacles, hasn't he? Um, who goes after them. And they are being pursued by Playbot Plabot, um, who is be who has been deployed by the local weird technology plant creature, uh, Mr. Primoris, who seems to be in charge of this desolate world. Um, who seems to have plans afoot that is hinted at. Um, and basically that's the issue. Is basically most of the issue is them escaping from mortal peril. That's that, that, that's it. But mainly. Well surmised. Um, there's um, It has a weird sort of bit at the end where we end up, you know, sort of she collapses and there's a beach. But we'll gloss over that. Because um, <laughs> I don't really know. I was I, I liked this. I was highly confused by this. Mm-hmm. Um, the world building is thin. You get sort of enough that you get the idea that there's bad and good and bad things have happened and plants are technology and all that sort of jazz. You get the basic beats. It's not high on detail, um, but I don't know if that's needed. It, it is mainly just things blow up. And there's action. And I'm fine with that because that's the level I operate on. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it feels a bit... Some of the art in it feels old school, but I couldn't tell you as to why. It just reminded me of comics I read in my youth, um, which was some time ago now. (laughs) So, yeah, I liked it, but I couldn't tell you why. I mean... I really enjoyed it, but I couldn't really tell you why. Yeah, <laughs> Aside exactly. from, I liked it, <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about it otherwise. It feels a bit like, uh, you know, you know, poisonous plants, if you lick them, you have a trip. It feels a bit like that. That's what I'm going with. Uh, all righty. Um, yeah. 
my, my pitch for events happen. Things happen. I enjoyed watching the things. My pitch for why you like this would be that the reason I I have is that it reminds me enough of like classic Guardians of the Galaxy and like DC sci-fi you. stuff that they don't really do as much anymore. That I th- I think you've nailed that. Yeah, uh, especially with the like finding the probe from Earth at the end has a very Vance Astro finding Captain America's shield kind of. It does, doesn't it? See, now you've said that, it mm. all falls into place. Zach knows yeah. my brain better than I do. I'm slightly <laughs> concerned. Yeah, I, it should have really. You should have really been tipped off when the ship was called the USS Captain America. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good name. It's a fine it's, name. It's one of my favorite weird things about all about original Guardians. Subtlety was not one of their uh, no. strong. Was not one of their strong seats. No, and I you imagine Marvel making a subtle Guardians of the Galaxy book. <laughs> yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, I can't. Um, I actually, I sort of enjoyed that it. Um, it didn't spoon feed you a lot of the backstory, and I was pretty satisfied with the the. the the bits that you do get that lead into sort of a mystery of what has happened to this world and who is this mysterious sort of overlord. Um, I think the, the 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 techno biology thing is pretty cool, and the, as you say, trees are kind of fuel and um, water. As you said, you got to water them and look after them and sort of keep you keep your trees alive and it powers your technology and ships and guns and apparently one robot's head. Um, my, no others. Yeah. Yeah. No, just this one robot whose head is, is, uh, is trees. I guess my, my overarching issue with it is I find just the, the design aspect of it a little bit bland. You know, I think like this, the ultimate um, overseer bad guy is just a big cloak. And I think the uh, it's a cloak with a pointy head, though. Got a giant face in a box, and you've got to have a cloaky bloke. Yep, both (laughs) both things both things are ticked. I just think where it where it sets out some kind of quite uh, original ideas in this sort of post apocalyptic space opera kind of thing. I also think just some of the designs, like the ship that they've got, just feels. I don't know, a little uninspired in, in terms of its of its design. Um, and then, as you mentioned, there's the sort of weird twist at the end where she sees a satellite and ends up on a beach, our main character. And um, without really set up or any explanation as to what that means, it feels a bit too removed and a bit too vague to be a really compelling hook cliffhanger for the next issue. Because it's just, it's so mysterious, it's so out of the blue that I don't, I don't get it. That's my assessment. I mean, you you raise a valid point. It it is a very sudden conclusion and a conclusion that we don't have a lot of setup for. Um, I think they tell us in the blurb what the... Yes. Setup uh, is with yeah. It's basically like the Voyager probe achieves sentience 
or something out in space. Right. Oh, I mean, that puts that, mm. that last bit in, in a lot more context. Um, I'm sort of a big believer of that. you got to tell me in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me what the premise is to... in the book, guys. Come on. Yeah. 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 Um, I see. I, I almost want to go the other way to Will. Um I don't think the design is in, the designs are incredible, but I think the seeing it as referential to stuff like old guardians or like rebels and things like that kind of make me into the design because it seems so blatantly like old school comics superhero-y. Not superhero, ugh. old school comic sci-fi heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also, she's Glenn's got real pointy bu- teeth, and she eats that bug that time. Yeah, yeah and the, uh, and Gorn's cute. I mean, he's just like a furry ball with tentacles, but he's tri- adorable. It's just a triple squid. Yeah, it's a yeah. triple squid, but he's an squid. adorable triple squid. Also, you mentioned rebels, so I'm I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Un- unmuted, and when you heard rebels, <laughs> yeah, rebels. Um, L dot E dot G dot I dot O dot N dot, you know, love them. <laughs> love Angela's face as she tries to figure out what that's. Oh yes, yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. couldn't say Legion because then people would think I was just talking about regular Legion of Superheroes. I've never been a Legion guy. What I am is a Legion, but with a full like with a period between each letter guy. <laughs> <laughs> what if by Legion you mean Professor X is sometimes son? Could <laughs> mm. awful lot of legions going around. Should we look into that? There's, there's a legion of legions. <laughs> now there's a comic. When Legion finds out it's just one of many legions inside a much bigger legion, <laughs> just well, goes which on legion forever. are we talking about? <laughs> We're all just tiny ants. Oh god! Oh, oh god! <laughs> I don't remember what my point was. I feel like we've just gotten very far away from it. I, I <laughs> comic old Comics. sci-fi stuff good. New sci-fi stuff look like old sci-fi stuff, so maybe also good. Yes, <laughs> yes, a good. Summary. I approve of that. Also, it has a map in the back, which always wins points with me. I do like a map? Mm, I do like and, a bit of map yeah. in back. Annoys right, me so. in the PDF though that, well, and uh, presumably in the physical edition, that it's sideways and. I got into yeah. a thing with my iPad where I turned it and it turned with me. And just... So so we're very, very sorry. That uh, that means it was a terrible book. Yeah. We... I, I, didn't have screen... <laughs> I didn't have the rotation lock on, so ultimately minus points. It, yeah, exactly. one out yeah. of five. Yeah. I made a mistake. Your book's rubbish. <laughs> I, yeah, I made a mistake. Do not read. No. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so shall we move on to our last book of the mm-hmm. week? Um, Go for it. Yes. Okay, so mm. I am going to tell you about Hell to Pay. Uh if I can get my chat to open up. Sorry, that, give me a second. Is that hell to pay? As in like a, a bad wig. <laughs> oh, uh, if not, yeah. I've read the, I've read the wrong comic. Mm. Okay, so I've got it up now. Yeah, uh, Hell to Pay. So it is uh, written by Charles Soule uh, with art by Will Sliney, 
colors by uh, Rachel Rosenberg and uh, lettering by Chris Crank. Um, so we're it, it's a it's 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 a book that's basically about like trying to fulfill a contract uh, with the devil. Um, our main characters, the Stones, um, have made a contract with a uh, with an organization from hell um, to recover. Uh, the, uh, the these lost coins, um, each of which can bind a demon in service. Um, they they uh, were healed after some seeming like some horrible like traumatic incident in which uh, they were left really heavily disabled. Um, and once they get these coins back. Uh, they will um, be free. Uh, hell is just hell. Hell is just another like another place, and it loves business. Um, so yeah, that 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 makes sense. That would be hell. Uh, that it loves like commerce and capital, uh, and characters have names like Lord Six Percent Year Over Year Growth and Master <laughs> Divestiture. Um, which reminds me of uh, the one percent, definitely. Archer and yeah, yeah. Uh, in a really good way, um, and yeah, the sort of we're 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 joining the stones on their last their last coin. Um, once they've got this, they'll be free and can live their lives, have children, have like safe safety and you know like a, a a good a good situation but as always with comics things aren't what they seem <laughs> um yeah i i i quite liked this um it's a fun it, it it's a it's a pretty fun heist comic mm. um that like is may like is is not quite as funny wacky as some of Charles Soule's other work, but is like has has like has some humor in places. Um. And yeah, like I, 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 I liked it. There's, there's enough sort of characterization and weirdness and like eccentric billionaire shit um, to be fun. And it's deal with the devil stuff is 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 is, is neat, especially when like the especially when like you think you you have a way out like watching hope and despair mingle and and having like and having a very definite time frame um everything a, a point that make this that, 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 that give this book a little bit of something 
and and yeah like the uh yeah i i liked the rendering of hell as well like uh that uh we get from um the the art like it's it's neat there's um lots of lots of business suits on people with like predator masks uh and stuff like that's that's cool um and and weird like chthonic hellraiser people i am in uh i'm really in two minds about this book yeah. the bits i agree with you on uh, wholeheartedly i think like the characters i think are pretty charismatic i think the 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 kind of concept of this currency from hell and that they are having to collect it and then the the sort of rug pull on the as the stakes are, are kind of increased towards the end of this book um i think that's all really clear and what the what the stakes of the game are and what these two characters are kind of fighting for is really clear um and is pretty interesting in in a you know, kind of crowded market of we've read other books just for this podcast that have been about hell is a dimension and we interact with it on a sort of regular basis. But this feels like it's got enough about it to be to be a bit different. Yeah. The the downside for me is I find while I like a lot of the design choices, I find the art in some cases really sort of I think it's digital, overly digitized art. Things like character poses and stuff sometimes just look weird like they're not they're not in the scene they look like they've been stuck on top like a sticker yeah there are one or two moments of like uh there's there's a moment where uh like two guards are like knocked out where the posing it makes it difficult to kind of follow the line of action mm -hmm. um and stuff like that. and i do think that some of that like say is like a digital is with it being quite as digital and posed yeah it may, is. i think a lot of it's in the coloring and the shading as well like i think it sometimes just gives a kind of roundness to the the characters that doesn't i don't know not if i'm describing it very well but just they just seem detached from the the reality of the rest of the the backgrounds that they're against sometimes. I will say, in terms of art, nice flames. Yeah. Good flaming yeah. sword. Flames are good. Flames. Quite fair. good man's head exploding. Best yeah. fire and best head explosion we've had this month. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, and, and the colouring, although you know, digital and stuff. I like how it's sort of, like, you go through his house. Sorry, it's not a house, is it? It's a castle. It's a castle we live in. And then as he's telling a story about hell, you get sort of oranges and reds. I think there is some attempt to tell some sort of story with the colouring a little bit, even though it may not pass entire muster. Um and the depiction of hell, I could, but you see, I'm fine with digital art, so I'm the wrong person to cast judgment. Um, the depiction of hell was all right. I mean, let's say all right. There's souls being horribly tortured, but aside from that, <laughs> it's okay. Story-wise, it felt a bit weird because you start off and and Maya's kind of you know chatting to the jerk, um, Ian McCready. Um, 
And he sort of exposits what this is about, coins, hell, demons, stuff. And then when she sort of, you know, and then it turns into the heist thing. But then you also throw in the emotional undercurrent of 15 years ago, he had no legs, she had blindness, possibly no eyes, who's to say. Um, And then, you know, oh, by the way, she's expecting a baby and the clock's ticking and all the rest of it. It feels like there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Um, and it did just feel like, I mean, I get it, because that's how Charles Soule kind of writes. He, he he does go quite deep into many things all at once, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but yeah, I I don't know, there was, there was a lot mm-hmm. to process. And I just feel like, great, you've done world building, you've done... It's kind of like the opposite, in a way, of Voyages, to, you know, just to compare it, mm-hmm. which is very minimal on the world building. And this is all... I mean, you've still got the question of the Shrouded College... What's yes. going on with that and mysterious people wearing veils and all that? And there is, you know, who's the guy in the cage and why? Um, so there are questions, but at the same time, I just feel like you get a lot. So, mm. yeah, it feel, but yeah, I was, I mean, I was, I didn't know how to feel about it. I started off like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, she's double crossed him. And then, you know, magic flaming sword. I don't know. But I enjoyed it and thought it was well written and the art was fine for me. But there was just something that I was like, hmm, with it. That's I, how I did enjoy, like, just to, to say, like, um, a little bit that actually, like, really, I, I really liked was the bit about, like, explaining uh, the tulip bubble. Mm. Uh, yeah. And being like, oh, yeah, like, do you really think that, like, that 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 flower that like a flower could have made the world economy collapse um, <laughs> on its own? And it's like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Also, the thylacine doesn't quite work for me. It's a bit. The proportions are a little bit odd on that there thylacine. I don't know what it is. It just looks <laughs> like. The head's been stuck on the body of a dashing that you've painted stripes on. Um, <laughs> I think basically. that's where it. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not intrinsically against digital art, and I think in terms of like static faces and stuff, is often pretty good. It's just those odd moments of like anatomy and and posing and body structure that just sometimes seem wrong. Mm. Also, someone made an Elon Musk reference, and yeah. Uh, that's that's dated poorly, even in the time that this comic was well, written. Well, I, I don't <laughs> necessarily actually praising him or anything like that. No, it's still like I just don't want to hear about him. I've heard enough. Leave it alone. You I need know... to show me something Elon doesn't have, and he could just say four billion dollars. <laughs> True. Other than that, yeah. fact, also I really appreciated the drawing of the triangle on the tablet in his library. Yes. I do have to question. Does Sebastian really have a shrouded college tattoo? Look, everyone gets into a band at like some point in their life and that band does become their life. And yeah, you know, we all make mistakes. But Shrouded College did a really good set at CBGB. <laughs> it's quite a cool tattoo as well, to be fair. All in all, I'm for it, whatever the reason, whether it's just a branding or a choice. 
I think that's the thing. I need to know if they both got tattoos or if he was just like, hey, you know what? I'm into the aesthetic here, I think. Well, she, I mean, she's right got on that, the weird, that weird that Like honeycomb trail. chain thing. Chain yeah. And her, her like, oh, well, I mean, that's not a tattoo. That's just on her outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realise, I do know the difference between what's on my clothes <laughs> and tattoos. Good to know. Yeah. Well, you'll be quizzed on it later, but <laughs> say, Will, I, I really like that you've gone for like a full torso tattoo of just blue. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really painful and a huge waste of time. Maybe it's like a temporary tattoo because she she does have the symbol on her like vest. So oh, maybe... I thought you were about to say maybe Will's t-shirt was a temporary tattoo. <laughs> Do you think it's like a Power Girl situation where that's a boob window, but it's just big enough for the symbol of the tattoo pokes through? Um, so shall we uh, move on to each uh, like favourite book? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a pretty tough one. They're all. I think these are all pretty decent. And <laughs> cat and. Um, all could go good ways, but I don't, I'm not 100% on any of them. I think my favourite by a like by a, a tiny amount is probably Nature's Labyrinth. Um, I struggle to put my finger on exactly why, but I just think that, I mean, despite the fact that we all listed off various other um, Battle Royale-esque things, it still feels kind of the most original of these four. I'm not quite sure why, but... Anyway, that's my pick. Fair enough. Shall, shall I go next? Yes, sure. please. Uh, voyages, because reasons that I don't fully understand. It's probably not the most well-written, characterised or plotted, but I don't care. It's, it's it, real fun. <laughs> I just enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. And I think other people might if they like old school sci-fi. It is real fun. I'll give you that. Give you that. There you go. I'm just not into fun. Um, Death and pain and suffering. (laughs) I I agree. I think Voyages is my favourite of these four. Um, I think, yeah, it's got the right balance of kind of... um, classic guardians and like European comic vibes to it to be kind of interesting. Um, no idea where it's going to go, or what its point is, but yeah, I'm into it. All for it. Oh, this is real hard. Um, but <laughs> in you end so much. It. Stop it. Um, this is like, yeah, like really hard. Like I, like all of these um, to greater or lesser extents. Um, I think I because the problem is sometimes you almost want to say it on potential Mm -hmm. on like where a book leaves you hoping it's going to go and what it could do. Um, but 
I feel like I might have to go with Nature's Labyrinth. Um, I, I they all very easily could have been, but yeah, Nature's Labyrinth is fun, and I I'm kind of hooked in part, like I say, by just the fact that everyone has these Metal Gear apps, um, code names, and what's that going to kind of mean? Um, you know, why are they picked? Like, it's not, like I said before, it's not the most original thing, but that's not necessarily bad, because it means it's got a shorthand that everyone understands. Um... But Voyages was really cool and really fun. Um, yeah. Once again, we split the podcast in twain with our dangerous opinions. God, I could have said hell to pay. <laughs> well, you didn't. You sided with didn't. me, and it's uh, official. I know. And for the first time, I, I feel almost weird. <laughs> <laughs> almost weird. Get used to that feeling, Chief. <laughs> so uh four good books <laughs> yes um well that's our november roundup and some of the weirdest recording we've had to do <laughs> um, yes yeah, been slightly You'll surreal never know. You'll never know. i didn't i didn't even get to talk about thought bubble or going to see the My Neighbor Totoro stage play. And you never will. <laughs> <laughs> nope. And nothing of um, value was lost. Tune in to the listening devices installed in my flat if you want to hear about that. Yeah. Or bug, or bug <laughs> my phone. Because um, uh, that's a podcast. I At think. home with the Matdashians. <laughs> no. That's terrible. <laughs> That's um, awful. Genuinely. I'm pleased with it. <laughs> that someone is. Yeah. I think we need to call it a night. I think we're yeah. losing, losing our tiny minds. So on that note, um, we've been Angela, Matt, Will and Zach collectively bigger than capes. Yeah. All we right. Have- Ta-ra. <laughs> Au revoir. Bye for now. Later. Tight <laughs>